Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Thursday, April 20th in Hong Kong, Wednesday, April 19th in New York. And coming up today, Tesla's first quarter profit misses expectations after a series of aggressive price cuts. The Fed's Beige Book survey shows the U.S. economy stalled in recent weeks. And BOJ officials are said to be wary of tweaking or scrapping yield curve control. McCarthy proposes debt limit plan with cuts that has already been rejected by Democrats. China denies supplying drones to Russia. India surpasses China as the globe's most populous nation. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Doug Krisner. And I'm Brian Curtis. Here are the stories we're following today. Tesla reporting first quarter earnings that just missed analyst estimates, and its operating margin fell 16% from last quarter. This comes after a series of aggressive price cuts by the EV maker. We heard from Bloomberg's David Welch. With all of these price cuts that they've been doing in order to gain market share, keep the plants running, and kind of take a whooping stick to their uh, long-established rivals, uh, they're cutting profits. And at some point, uh, we're going to have to see where Tesla decides they're going to stop with that. Separately, Tesla said that output this year will meet previous guidance for average annual growth of 50% over multiple years. The company also said it's on track to deliver about 1.8 million vehicles this year. Still, investors are showing some nervousness here about Tesla's aggressive pricing strategy. Shares were down more than 4.5% in late trading after the results came out. And I can just give you the latest quote here at the moment. We're trading down 4.4%, and that price is, well, it's a doff off about 780 for the session. Well, some indications today that the American economy may be stalling. That seems to be one of the conclusions from the Fed's latest beige book. We have uh, Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini tracking those developments. The Fed's Beige Book survey said hiring and inflation have slowed in recent weeks, and access to credit is narrowing. The Cleveland Fed indicated strain on nonprofits to provide food. The San Francisco Fed said workers were increasingly burned out and suffering mental health strains. And the New York Fed noted a rise in mortgage delinquencies. The report tracked data through April 10th. Several districts noted bank-tightened lending standards amid concerns about liquidity. But some districts reported lending activity was actually stabilizing now following an initial pullback. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Morgan Stanley reported first quarter profit that beat analysts' expectations. The bank was aided by its wealth management business, which recorded $6.56 billion in revenue. That's up 11% from a year earlier. The firm's wealth business adding $110 billion in new net asset, net new assets. Morgan Stanley, however, reported net income that slid 20% from a year ago. Profits were dragged down by a drop-off in deal-making and a jump in loan loss provisions. Speaking to analysts on a conference, 
conference call, the CEO, James Gorman, said he sees more market choppiness ahead. And he thinks that that may include another one or two rate hikes from the Fed. That gets you to sort of high 5 6% type interest rates. My gut is whether it's a modest recession or we dodge that bullet sort of doesn't matter that much. What really would matter is if inflation's not tamed, Fed has to go much higher than people are expecting. You go into a much deeper recession. Morgan Stanley shares closed up about two-thirds of a percent in New York. Well, after the closing bell here in the States, we had IBM delivering a forecast for annual revenue in line with projections. The story is from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It is a cautiously optimistic signal about tech spending in an uncertain economy. IBM said sales will increase 3 to 5% in 2023, meeting analyst forecasts. CEO Arvind Krishna has worked to reorient the century-old company around higher margin services like hybrid cloud computing. Software sales in the quarter increased 2.6% to $5.9 billion, although growth at the Red Hat unit was 8%. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. And again, the market embraced these results to a certain degree with the stock trading up 1.5% in late trading. We're hearing that Bank of Japan officials are, are wary here of tweaking or scrapping their yield control stimulus at a policy meeting next week. BOJ officials instead see a need to keep their cap on government bond yields in place for now to support the economy. They're also in no rush to make any big policy changes as they see increasing uncertainty resulting from the failure of banks in the U.S. and Europe. Officials are likely to discuss whether the Bank of Japan needs to tweak the wording of its guidance at the meeting or if it can wait until later. And we're hearing that even if a change is made to the guidance, the bank intends to indicate its stance will continue with easy policy. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Rashad Salamat and Doug Krisner. So, Doug, one of the obvious questions this morning is, is whether or not the slowing of the economy indicated in the Beige Book will get the Fed to pause sooner than thought. If you look at Fed fund futures, still showing nearly a slam dunk rise of 25 basis points in May, and we're up to 29% in June. So no really big changes there. I'm not sure we can draw too much from that. Yeah, I think you're right about that, Brian. You have to be careful here because just the fact that we may get a lot of uh, economic slowing doesn't necessarily mean that inflation is going to come down in a way in which the Fed would like to see. But I think you're right. When you look at what the Beige Book is kind of indicating, it reinforces the chance of the Fed pausing after that May meeting when we're expecting a 25 basis point increase. It's kind of interesting that we had a big move up today in the yield. Not big, but five basis points, I think, is considerable given the fact that, uh, you know, there was so much uh, kind of stagnation on the equity trade today with uh, the two-year at uh, 424. Yeah, absolutely. And my point was just that it raises some questions here. I I don't, and at the end I said, really, I don't think it changes the the calculus all that much. It'll be interesting to see what the guests all throughout the program, we talked to about uh, 12 to 15 guests live every day on this program. So people should stay with us right through. I wanted to comment a little bit on the LVS uh, numbers and and take a look at at whether or not Macau is anywhere near coming back. And to be honest, it doesn't really look like it's happening yet. Uh, the the two LVS uh, properties that are really superb there is the Venetian and the Londoner Macau. And if you look at their EBITDA, $210 million for the Venetian, $56 million for the Londoners. So it sets up pretty good, $266 million. Yet if you look at Sands Macau overall, the EBITDA was only $10 million. 
Now look at Marina Bay Sands in Singapore, 394 million. That's 40 times the business that that uh, Sands is doing in Macau. So there's a long way to run there. Yeah, I think overall Chinese consumers seem to be celebrating the end of those restrictions on the pandemic. It's not just gaming, right? If you look at flight bookings, liquor sales, hotel occupancy, everything is up. Yeah, it, it's true. And I think that the uh, the retail sales number will end up winning the day that we saw the other day. You know, we had some people saying that the full range of data wasn't all that positive. Uh, the GDP number was was quite noticeably positive. But uh, there were some other things like uh, factory output. But I, I do think that the sales number, that's what people were really waiting for, is whether or not the consumer is moving here. And it looks like like they are. Time for global news. U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has proposed a bill today to raise the debt limit for about a year and to cut federal spending. Ed Baxter with Global News from the 960 Newsroom in San Francisco. Ed? Yeah, right, Brian. This is the plan the Republicans hope will answer President Joe Biden's call for something to look at. When President Biden and Senate Democrats waste time, House Republicans are taking action. Uh, the plan would increase the debt ceiling by about $1.5 trillion. This is enough to stave off default until the latest March 31st. The plan would roll back discretionary spending back to 2022 levels. A $130 billion cut is what that figures to be roughly. But then future increases would be capped at 1% annually for the following decade. Today I'm proud to announce that we are introducing the Limit, Save, Grow act of 2023. These spending limits are not draconian, they're responsible. The plan would end clean energy, electric vehicle tax breaks. Democrats have already rejected it, saying debt ceiling is a separate issue from the cuts. Bloomberg's White House reporter Josh Wingrove says the White House has been steadfast in saying that debt relief is separate. Now the question, of course, that we're all waiting on in the next couple of weeks or so is figuring out when that revised X date projection Mm -hmm. is, when that deadline is. Goldman is out there warning it could be even sooner than we thought. You know, maybe coming up to that June thing, a lot of people kind of whisper it would be more like July, August. Sure. So once we have that, it's going to add urgency. Congress never acts until it's urgent. So we'll see what happens. But- so first up here, President Biden talking about the economy broadly today at an event. Says Republicans are traveling down the wrong road. Trickle down economics doesn't work. And together we've been doing everything we can to turn things around. And McCarthy politically now has been rejected by Democrats, but also may have a problem in his own party because the cuts don't go far enough. So we'll see how this goes. China's denying reports in Western media that it's supplying drones to aid Russia's invasion of Ukraine, saying they are groundless and are fake information. India has overtaken China as the world's most populous nation. The U.N. data now says India's population is 1.426 1.426 billion, China 1.4257. China's numbers do not include Hong Kong and Macau. U.S. Supreme Court has extended the pause on a lower court ruling seeking to limit access to commonly used abortion pill. It basically is two extra days of kicking a decision down the road. White House spokeswoman Corrine Jean-Pierre says the White House will continue to fight for its use. What we can tell American women is that we're going to continue to fight. Uh, We've been very clear about that. We feel that the, the law is on our side here. The extension is through Friday evening. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries in San Francisco. I'm Ed Baxter, and this 
is Bloomberg. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. I'm Brian Curtis along with Rashad Salama. We are here in our Hong Kong studios and our guest is Aaron Gibbs, senior partner and CIO of Main Street Asset Management. Aaron, I always look forward to talking to you because I, I really put you in the straight talker camp. I uh, w- wanted to raise this question again about whether this softness indicated in the Beige Book uh, would in any way deter the Fed from its current plan. Uh, my suggestion was that not likely, but I'd like to hear yours. I, I have to agree with you. I think it's not likely. I think they're they're extremely focused on obviously their PCE indicators, their other inflation and unemployment. Um, you know, occasionally they'll pay attention to the stock market, but I don't think this is going to be one of those big points that's going to push them either way when we finally get to April's meeting. Sorry, well, May's meeting. Erin, um, and you know, while of course um, certain parts of the market are pricing in uh, a mild recession, the big four banks are predicting a mild recession later this year. And what's more, um, officials at the Fed who advise uh, their bosses, as it were, also likewise warning of the same things. So they really would see that as a, perhaps a, a badge of honor because it may well then cure their inflation problem. What's the deal? Right. I, I think we've uh, the idea of a soft landing is the other word for it is mild recession. And that's very much what we see in the forecast, what we see in the bond markets. You know, just like you said, over and over, that's what's out there. And I, I think it would be surprising if uh, that, that doesn't manifest or, you know, perhaps we just get two quarters of just very slightly negative GDP. Uh, I think that's what everybody's sort of hoping for in, in order for us to finally get past this inflation story. Yet corporates are doing a pretty good job keeping uh, keeping profits up. Uh, American companies are pretty good at you know making their adjustments when they see costs rising. Uh, does that continue? I mean, this earnings season looks pretty solid, but what about when we get to the next one? Well, this quarter, Q or Q1, what we're reporting for, is, is expected to be the worst for the year. We have expected two quarters of, of profit contractions and then two quarters of profit expansion in the second half of the year. Um, As we know, GDP and profit growth, particularly when you're talking about large cap profit growth, don't always match. They're not always perfectly correlated. So we could see a very slight downturn in you know, U.S. GDP, but not necessarily see that in your large cap when we're talking about your S&P 500 companies. Even so, we're still looking at very tight profit growth for the year and well below the inflation level. So we're, I think, looking maybe at about 3% profit growth for the year, which 
looks like it's going to be below what we might see the average for the inflation rate for the year. Uh, gives us a sense of uh, also a bit more on what uh, you're making of the earnings season in its nascent season pretty early on. Right. We've just got the financials, so we're just getting a clearer picture of what the banking sector looks like and obviously it's just really more the big banks right now um, but that is a very important to us right now because they're the ones that can really make a difference on just potentially how hard this re- this forecast of recession could be um, I think it's interesting uh, just the the variance that we're seeing across banks just depending on where they're uh, their revenues are coming from obviously investment banking has been really hurting many companies uh, but if you're looking at money wealth management that's been more of a bigger boost the JP Morgan obviously did extremely well and so I th- I, I think it's it's a mix again as you've really got a unfortunately the stocks really haven't moved no matter how they've reported or where their revenues have come from it's been a pretty stable ho-hum reaction to these earnings reports, well, and we, we might see that for the rest of the quarter. We have seen what looks like a bottoming of, of the regional bank share prices. Just looking at KRE here, you know, we've bounced in the past 10 days or so from around 42 to 44, yet, you know, that's, that's a long way from, you know, where they were. They were up in the mid-60s before all of this started happening back in, in March. Um, is it at least a good sign that the regional banks have stabilized? Yes, and, and and I think just the, the lower volatility that we've seen in the past five trading days is a good sign. Um, as earnings reports come out, if we continue to see lower volatility, not such big swings, I think that's great because, again, that's a signaling that we're seeing a potential you know, bottoming or a, you know, a really continuation of a really, finally, a bull market uh, for the rest of the year. So I think st- just stability is wonderful and, and a very positive sign. Uh, and elsewhere, of course, free cash flow is rather important. Yes, that's uh, one of my key points. So uh, as we're facing, uh, we're expecting credit tightening. Uh, we know that banks are are increasing their ratios, increasing reserves, so on and so forth. They, they are still concerned about how the fallout is going to be um, and obviously increasing rates for however long a period that might be. And so the companies that have great free cash flow, those that don't have to borrow, often are the companies that can weather out uh, these types of storms and also weather out any type of inflate, uh, recession as well. And so typically, uh, software companies always have some of the best free cash flow uh, ratios out there, but there were some also some you know, uh, unique winners like uh, Chipotle uh, mm-hmm. actually has exceptional free cash flow, which is unusual for uh, a restaurant chain. Uh, but some other winners like Apple and Adobe also very good yeah. um, and not overpriced. Uh, you know, There's some great software companies with great free cash flow, but they're a little pricey right now. So those are some of my top, top picks. I'd say you, you're the second, uh, second person in two days uh, recommending Adobe. Uh, so that caught my attention in the notes. Uh, I was just having a look at the stock price from 275 to 380 since October. So it's been really quite a very solid run. Uh, it doesn't scare you. You don't think it's still. Um, you don't think that it's maybe had its had its gains. Uh, no, I think there's still room to run. Yes, I, this has been one of my top picks for about a month now. So I've been very happy with it. But I, I think we still have room to run. I think it's still, and I don't remember just from today's pricing, but I think it has another 33% from the analyst target price. Uh, so I think there's still some uh, more potential upside there. All right. What else are you looking at as well? 
so uh, I still like European stocks. I, I feel that um, while some have had a, a nice run, and certainly as the dollar's gotten stronger, they, they took a bit of a hit, uh, but they've been still outperforming most U.S. markets for the year. Um, I like anything that has to do with travel and also luxury. Um, so Ryanair uh, has been one of my favorites uh, for the year, um, as well as LVMH, uh, just in, in another you know, stock that's had a very good run, but I think still has room to grow. And LVMH, does that mean that you have a positive view on the Chinese economy? Yes, or, or at least I think you know, any type of uh, increased tourism, uh, increased spending on the obviously on the higher end. Uh, I think LVMH just has such a diversified portfolio of companies. Um, it doesn't have to all come from China. Just increased spending, and we've seen that on the even in the U.S. that at the higher end, consumers are still willing to spend uh, more, uh, and I, I think they're really poised to take advantage of that. Yeah, we're seeing quite a good run for LVMH, uh, just indicating the prices here. If you look at the ADRs from about 120 up to 194 here after the uh, two-thirds of a percent gain today. Out of time, Aaron, but thanks very much for joining us here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Aaron Gibbs, Senior Partner, Chief Investment Officer at Main Street Asset Management. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Join Bloomberg in San Francisco or virtually on May 7th for The Future Investor, Data-Powered Transformations. This 2024 event series will examine how data is not only playing a pivotal role in investment decisions, but serves as a driving force behind the construction of innovative, investable enterprises. This series is proudly sponsored by Invesco QQQ. Register at BloombergLive.com slash Future Investor slash Radio.